Welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Football Show. We're here in uh, what could be the final week, hoping not, but time will tell. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. I am joined by Mr. William Weathers on the viewer's right and Mr. Rob DeArmond on the viewer's left. Good afternoon at this point, gentlemen. How are y'all today? Doing good. well. Doing well. Good. Thanks. Good, good. Had a little bit of fun with both of them uh, before the show, uh, <laughs> but we have uh, we have moved on. We are going to be talking about wrapping up two seasons today, uh, some tough losses, uh, both 28 seeds on the road at five seeds. Uh, tough, tough first week, but first we are going to talk about Walker, who downed Thibodeau in pretty convincing fashion, and then are now moving on to the number one seed of Katie Rams on the road in, as you put it before, beautiful Scott, Louisiana. So first, let's talk about Thibodeau. Rob, you were there at the game. Uh, you know, came out fast, hungry, get up 28 to nothing. Thibodeau scores. They're stopping them. Uh, they've stopped Walker. Walker decides to go for a fake punt, take it from there. Uh, it was pretty good deal. They're right in midfield. You know, it's fourth and one. And, and at that point, you know, just to put this in perspective, Thibodeau came out on their first drive after Walker goes up 28 nothing at halftime. They go right down the field and score in six plays. Uh, so at that point, they go for it. It's a little, you know, Aubrey Womack gets it, takes it up nine yards, first down, keeps the drive going. They they eventually wind up scoring on that. But, you know, at that point, you, you ask Coach Mahaffey about, hey, you know, what, what was the kind of rationale behind that? And it was kind of like, basically, we keep the ball in our hands. They don't get it. They can't go down and score. It's pretty basic football. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the way uh, Thibodeau was working. At one point, they come back, and, you know, I think right after that score, it was a three-play drive. Bam, 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 and they're right back in it. You know, it's thirty-five to fourteen. Right. So, when you look at the score, you know, I, I, I asked him. I said, "Man, the way this was going, you're up twenty-eight nothing, but you, you really can't relax." And he said, "That was the whole thing. You know, we, we knew at some point they were going to get rolling, and that, that's exactly what happened. You know, Walker was able to take advantage of some was a couple of fumbles, uh, and the big play to get him going really was a seventy-six yard pass from Ethan McMasters to Brian Thomas." Brian gets kind of hit, you know, him, them. It looks like they got him on the sideline. He makes this little juke move like, you know, only Brian Thomas can do, and he's gone. And that kind of gets him going, but it was they get two fumbles, and then uh, Dakota Wilson blocked a punt. And so all that's how they get all their points. So literally, when, when you say you've got to get breaks at this point, that's exactly what happened. They got him, and, and it was 28 nothing at halftime and kind of, don't want to say he made it, you know, it, it was where you could breathe easy because, like like Coach Mahaffey said, you never relaxed, you know. Right, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Brian in just a second, but but Mahaffey brings a very uh, a playoff pedigree uh, to this to this program. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, the as as you brought up William before uh, before the show, one of the one of the quotes was, uh, you know, you got to crawl before you walk, and this was uh, very much a crawl game trying to get used to the playoff atmosphere. Uh, we talked about Brian Thomas, uh, and of course, you know, he also has a a state championship pedigree, not in football and basketball, but he kind of knows. They have a transfer in Aubrey uh, who who knows a little bit about. Uh, going into the playoffs, playing in the playoffs. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, what first tell us what coach had to say after the game. It, it's kind of basically what you said. It's a, hey, we're, it's great that we got this win, but you have to get that first one to get it going. You know, it's been, we talked about it before, it's 1999. And when I'm talking to guys after the game, I kind of look around and just, you guys weren't even around here, were you? No. They, you know, and so they, they, they realize what they've done, you know, is that, hey, we, we weren't even here. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, Coach Mahaffey wants to take it even further. 
Right. Um, you, you, you're happy for the win. You're glad you got it, but they know there's still some work to do here. And, uh, you know, talking about that work, uh, pulling it forward, I guess you can say, a week, uh, now have, you know, that 16-17 seed thought would be a little closer, so maybe Walker's grown a little bit more than, than he, the seeding folks have thought and have we thought. Uh, however, <laughs> tough road matchup against the Rams, number one seed, uh, and you gave a bunch of stats uh, that have jumped off the pages. You were talking to Coach Mahaffey this week before we, you know, we come together here. Uh, rattle them off for us. What, what are the, what are they facing here? It's a very potent offense. Right. Um, you know, the tradition just starts with four state championships. Um, you know, when you think about the, there's a Mount Rushmore Class Five A football in Louisiana. Uh, Zachary, Katie, Anna, you know, Destrahan. Or in the you know those those guys will come to mind you know West Monroe, et cetera. So they saw Destrahan uh, earlier in the year and, and maybe didn't give a great account of themselves. And in Week Ten, going to Zachary, you saw maybe a shift in, in how the program has grown. It will take that type of performance and mindset to go in there, knowing that they uh, know they can compete and and not you know be defeated before they get to to to, to Scott and. Uh, it's a team, you know. We saw, I saw them last year here at, De, at, at De, excuse me, at Denham Springs. Kadian had to come back from behind and and win that game um, with a third string quarterback or while the running back masquerading as a third string quarterback and did a tremendous job because they know how to to, to operate in, in in pressure situations. They've been there, done that. They're eleven and zero. This was their first ten and zero regular season since nineteen eighty four, which is very difficult, unbelievable to understand because of the success they've had. But there's some way, you know, they had already stubbed their toe somewhere. This team has not done that. They they got it, they got the job done. They're averaging 50 points a game on offense. Averaging, you know, uh, they've scored 60 or more points five times with a high of 82. This is a football team, not the basketball team. Mm. This is a team that runs a veer offense with very limited amount of passing. That that is not what they do. But what they do, they do extremely well. They've been well schooled in in art of the viewer offense since Coach Bill Dotson was there, you know, decades ago. This is the same system. Uh, Matt McCullough, the coach, now was a quarterback in that system. They, they all seem to grow up and they know how to to teach it. They're very good on defense. You know, they got a, a coach Mahaffey remarked about how their their front four being very very difficult, a very good difficult challenge, and um, very athletic on the back end to cover. I don't know. If, um, you know, Brian Thomas may be the best player on the field Friday night, he'll need to play like it because uh, they're going to need all the help they can get. You know, they're going to have to hopefully continue to, to, to try to be balanced and try to – they've got the running game going with, with uh, Dimitri Wright and Keandre Brown, uh, hope, you know, giving them a chance to – you know, and takes pressure off the passing game as well, but they'll need both. Uh, the, the weather forecast uh, is, is showing rain. So maybe have a soggy field. Uh, maybe the conditions aren't the great, the, the best, and that plays right into Katie and his hands because they don't not they will not rely on the on the throwing game at all. But again, I I go back to to week ten at Zachary and going down a two point a failed two point conversion that that team showed uh, some serious growth throughout the season to go out there and compete down to the end. They will need to have that same mindset going to Katie because the, this is again like a Kate like Zachary. This is Katie time of the year. They really shine. Right, and I, you know when you're talking about Mount Rushmore's of teams, you know they tend to show up here in the playoffs. And interesting that you said, you know, I guess Walker's going to hope that they are the table upon which they stub their toe. 
uh, going in there with with high expectations, but it'll be a good learning experience for them. Uh, this is a you know doesn't get much bigger a stage than this when you go on the road against a number one. Uh, so looking to slow down that offense or at least try to keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, they Acadiana's lowest score this year was twenty seven points, and Lafayette Christian was a team that did it. Lafayette Christian still playing in Division three, a uh, very very good team. This just you know they've. Uh, Two of the, the two of the tailbacks for Acadiana are going to Army, and uh, the traditional you know the big physical up, uh, line up front. So how Walker is able to contend at the point of attack will probably dictate how they can play. You know because I think they've got the speed on defense to to in terms of covering the pitch element of the of the of the beer and the option attack. Um, meaning that you know as long as they get to t- to their assignments because the the guys are, are, are you know Dylan Manette is a blur. And he's got uh, 25 touchdowns rushing, and those guys uh, can can just go as you know quarterback you know pitch the dive the keep. How they can I think that the the, the the task is trying to make them get to the pitch. So it means obviously you got to take care of the dive and the keeper, and um, probably do something they haven't done well. It's just really be able to play really physical for four quarters because it's just it's just like a they they're happy with getting two getting three and then they they hit you you know John Curtis hit you with a big play. Uh, but this is a complete team, very good on special teams and, and, and very good on defense. So uh, to get where they haven't been in a long time will take a, a monumental task. Well, and we will find out Friday. And as you said, forecast is rain. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. That obviously will favor the Veer team, uh, not the one looking to make athletic plays. It's always tough in the sogginess. Uh, Rob, let's jump back to you. Unfortunately, we're wrapping up a season here. Number 28, Albany travels to number five, Caldwell Parish. Turnovers. 15 in the last three games, committed another five in this one. Uh, take it away. We, I mean, we talked about it last week. We talked about it the previous week. They're trying to – big thing for them was just to try to say, okay, we're, we're not that team that we showed in that last game against Hannon, and we're, we're going to be a different team. So what happens is they go down, and, and Coach Janice had talked about just doing something to kind of shake it up. Um, they deferred the toss. Caldwell goes down and scores on them. They eventually get down 14 to nothing, and one of those turnovers wound up being a fumble that Caldwell returns for a 25-yard touchdown. They go down 20, 21 to nothing, you know, real quick in the first half. The bright spot for them is that they were able to come back, make some adjustments on defense, and basically, you know, for the rest of the game, shut them out for all intents and purposes. So he, that was a bright spot for them, saying, and just saying, hey, we – we made some fixes, but they, they just could not escape those turnovers. Uh, lost four fumbles in the first half. Um, so that that kind of tells you what you, you obviously cannot build momentum if you're turning the ball over like that. Uh, they, they do get one touchdown on a, a J.J. Doherty runs a touchdown in them. That was the the only score they had, and then the final points came on a, a safety. Mike said they tried to kind of dump off a pass coming out of the end zone, and they tackled their, their back in the end zone for that, for that safety. So. That's, I mean, that was it in a nutshell. You're the, the the very thing you're trying to prevent and try to say, okay, we're we're getting over this hump is what ultimately leads to you being eliminated from the from the playoffs. So, but looking forward, some things to build on. Uh, you know, before the show, you brought up Southeastern. Look at Southeastern in year two, year two. under a new system. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about what Coach Janice had to say. Moving into you know the next year, they, I, I always try to when I do these wrap up stories with them. Okay, what did you guys learn? What do you have to build on? And, and what do you kind of take away from it? And 
uh, and talking to him, they're going to have Rhett Wolf back, uh, who he thought uh, in that game against Caldwell, he said, I think he was the fastest player on the team. If you guys have seen Albany at, at any point during 7-on-7 seven seven and during the season when they implemented this system, if Red gets open, he's getting the ball. JJ's going to find him, uh, and usually it's going to be a touchdown. Not all the time, but pretty much he's he's beat the defender, and they can drop it on a dime sometimes and, and get it to where it needs to go. Uh, the other part is JJ's coming back at quarterback, and people might tend to forget right now he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And so he's Mike said he came into the game with uh, you know over twelve hundred rushing yards and over seventeen passing seventeen hundred passing yards. So as a sophomore, it do, it kind of doesn't get much better than that. Now they're going to have to replace some guys as well, but they do have some building blocks that they can take forward. Well, and that you know that it's good to know that you've got at least a little bit to look forward to next year. Right. right. Carrying that over. Live Oak may not have the same kind of situation. Huge senior class on the road at Zachary. Let's talk about that first. As we mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of these good teams sort of play a little differently when they hit the postseason. Zachary, one of them, this game was a lot closer at Watson earlier in the season. Not very close. On Friday, take us through a little bit of what happened on Friday and what Coach Beard had to say after the game. Yeah, a lot, a lot, di- a lot happened in the month uh, since they they last met. You know, Live Oak uh, takes them down to five points at home. You know, legitimately were in the in the game the entire way. You know, didn't make some plays and, and things of that nature. It's twenty one sixteen. There's there's you know they're not about moral victories. You hopefully there's you know they're not supposed to be satisfied with with playing somebody to to, to a five point loss and that was you know Coach Beard's biggest thing that you know we're not happy with that. So you you you, you fast forward to. To, to Friday and, and Zachary is operating at a little different level, you know, offensively, defensively. They're, you know, now I'm not talking about they're ready to win win a state championship yet, but they're headed in that direction. Mm-hmm. They, um, as of now, Friday under uh, under Coach Brewer in the last five years and the playoffs, they're 22 and two. They won 11 straight playoff games. They know how to operate in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Live Oak is, you know, obviously nowhere near that in terms of trying to, you know, they had one run in the quarterfinals and they have not been able to follow it up in, with any sustained success. One of, you know, as Albany's had trouble with turnovers, you know, Live Oak has had a, a reoccurring thing with just, you know, being able to execute, you know, keeping drives alive. You know, when you have a moment to make a play, make a play. Again, in the 39-7 game, this seems very minute. But, you know, they get uh, an ch- opportunity to get Zachary off the field, a three and out in the first series, they rough the punter. Zachary gets the ball back, goes down 7 nothing. You know, they were not in a position to be able to have to have to, to fight from behind, and it's 7 nothing turns into 17 nothing at half. And that, in that stretch, um, Zachary completes a, a slam pass. Darren Ricard forces a fumble. They don't get the ball. The ball is recovered by an offensive lineman at Brown midfield. They, you know, no points come out of it, but Live Oak's got an opportunity to get the ball back, get some momentum, and, and maybe and maybe drive. It, 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 it's, it's midfield. That's a, that's a good example of, of two key plays in the first half. In the second half, they, uh, and sort of like Brian Thomas, you, you feel like uh, Chris Hilton gets him in on, on a short screen pass near the sideline. He makes a move, he, moves, he gets out of a tackle, and he cuts across the field, and it's a 68-yard touchdown. It's 24 nothing. I hate to say, it, but game over. Now, now you, it's a four-score, it's a three-plus score game, and you're you're having trouble offensively. They tried and and, and brought a wrinkle with the option game, had some success here and there, 
but 24 nothing. Then it becomes um, a, a field, um, a scoop and score, and it just really got away from them. So it was 32 nothing, and uh, they finally scored, uh, had a touchdown pass, but it was just well, obviously way too little, too late. So uh, you you see the you know you see the direction that that Zachary takes in the postseason, and, and they was kind of true to form. They they were operating at a different level, and Lavo just had no answers. Uh, you know, and 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 what did. Coach had to say after the game was basically, you know, we just have this recurring theme of shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, just not being able to to, to execute in moments where we have a, you know, again, we, we get somebody off the field, we've got the, we've got the ability to, you know, not rough the punter, you know, re, you know, recover fumble that that's that's on the ground and, and not let the other team get it. So uh, yeah, just just that the recurring theme was just not making any uh, anything happen when you had a chance to. Uh, not taking, you know, they didn't, they didn't turn up, they didn't turn Zach force turn turnovers uh, and get them like they did the first time. Zachary played a more of a flawless, more flawless game this time. They they, only, they, they didn't turn the ball over. Keelan Brown was was Keelan Brown more through the air than than on the ground where he threw for two hundred plus yards and, and their their passing game was was much more uh, efficient this time around. Chris Hilton caught, you know, I think four or five passes uh, where R.J. Allen hurt them. A little bit more the first time they 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 did defensively they didn't do a bad job especially against the run just just didn't give themselves a chance offensively. And if you can't give yourself a chance offensively against Zachary, there's there's nothing doing. Uh, what we talked about from Albany moving forward, having some some good momentum to to build on for next year. Live Oak doesn't have that. We're losing thirty seniors, uh, quite a few starters, uh, especially a quarterback, running back. Uh, Jalen Lee, of course, a, an LSU commitment, uh, anchoring that defensive line. You know, what did Coach have to say about next year? It's, it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough retool. You know, they've I think for the five years he's been there, they, they've always seemed to to return the basis of some, a, a foundation has always kind of seemed to be set. You know, with thirty years, thirty seniors coming back this year, you, you thought you know there was a, a couple of. Uh, New starters could be plugged in, and and they would go. And it, you know, as the year went along, that that wasn't necessarily the case. This is this is going to be a a, a significant re, rebuilding uh, for Coach Beard and his staff. This is um, you know, four offensive linemen, two two running backs, Rosevier, uh, the at least the two top receivers. You know, defensively, you're going to lose you know, to heart and soul. You know, Gabe Kimball and and, and guys like that, uh, Brett McCoy. You know, Jalen Lee. You mentioned. You know they're going to have some guys coming back in the back end. Uh, Aiden Saunders is a, is a promising young uh, defensive back. Uh, you know Bronson, Bronson McCoy, Brett's younger brother, uh, Damian Kapling. Real, real small numbers with experience. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, I I don't know what uh, how the prospects or how the junior varsity and freshmen are doing, but um, you know this it's going to be a, a a new challenge and a lot of new faces uh, trying to keep this thing going. And I mean they made five straight playoff appearances. So getting to a six will be quite a, you know, that's what their staff and these kids will be tasked with to keep it going next year. And it, it will be, a, you know, with Walker sort of surging ahead, you said, you you know, the, the Zachary staff is very confident in their team moving forward, uh, Central confident in their team as well. Uh, so a tall order to keep up that kind of consistency, uh, you know, so – we will we'll find out. Uh, you know, we'll learn more about how those kids have progressed in the spring. Yeah, because Scotlandville's got it going in a, in a, in a good direction as well, and uh, I think he's pretty happy about what he's got coming up. So, you you're absolutely right. I mean, you 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 know, 
you could you could definitely stand to so tall order uh, going forward in a, in a already you know, a difficult district if if you don't keep uh, keep pace. Yep. Well, gentlemen, uh, as as we mentioned, we've got one game left. Uh, we've wrapped it up for four out of five teams. Uh, we are trying to get our all parish banquet scheduled so we can get those teams out, but we don't want to uh, you know be a little too hasty, seeing where Walker will end up. Uh, we always appreciate you guys joining us. Again, Mr. William Weathers on the viewer's right. Mr. Rob Yarman on the viewer's left. Trying a little different camera angle this time if you're watching it via video. If you're listening to us, then, of course, that means nothing to you. Uh, but we do appreciate you either listening or watching. Thanks for joining us every week. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Please remember that you can find uh, these shows on any podcast platform as well as our website, www.livingstonparishnews.com dot com backslash podcast we are on facebook twitter and linkedin instagram and youtube and of course are you making the trip to scott on friday so you can follow find me for updates mm-hmm. follow me for updates yes and please follow uh either look on our facebook page mr william will be posting a field shot as soon as he's out there and of course you can follow him on twitter for score updates uh on friday evening try to stay dry uh, one last time, thanks again for joining us. This has been the Livingston Parish Weekly Football Show. Uh, we have enjoyed our inaugural year, and hopefully it won't be over. Hopefully we'll be back at you guys uh, next week right before Thanksgiving. Hope you have a happy holiday, and go Wildcats! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>